Previously on Fun Science Fiction. Like I'm literally sandwiched between 50 years of Doctor Who experience, and they are some of the best of the best. And so I felt like I was like the crappy. <laughs> Hi, this is Adele Pomeranke, and you're listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that taught Marty McFly not to drive 55 miles an hour, but to go faster. And then that other guy, Sammy Hagar, wrote a song about it. All right, so our guest today is an up-and-coming actress who you may have seen in movies and shows such as Crips Fight Night, 5150, even a My Chemical Romance video, and most recently in Star Trek Picard. So if you're watching that season, you have definitely seen our guest Adele Pomerinke on that. And we are so excited to welcome Adele to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome, Adele. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the bigger things that we always try to do here, and this has kind of become a staple of how we've been kicking off a lot of our interviews as of late, is because we're nerds. We admit that fully uh, up front. Uh, we're nerds. We're geeks. We're whatever you want to call us. That's who we are. We wear that badge proudly. We love a good origin story. Origin story tells us everything about the person and kind of, kind of helps set the table, right? For who we're going to talk to and what's going on. So in the story of Adele, I saw online that you once had a goal to be part, and I'm going to screw this name up, but Cirque du Soleil. I think I said it right. Did yeah, I say it right? It. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! All right. There is four hours of practicing a word down for you. But anyway, I saw that you wanted, uh, you at one point wanted to be a part of that group, uh, but your training in the role for the Nutcracker drew you back into the world of dance. So what was it in your youth that made you want to be a performer in a career of the arts, whether it was in the Cirque du Soleil or if it was in dance or whatever? Um, well, it wasn't necessarily the training, Nutcracker training. I've been doing okay. Nutcracker every winter of my life since I was six, I want to say, six, five or six. It was, I was studying fabric work and then I, um, I didn't want to get, I was getting really muscular up top. And I wanted to maintain like the, the ballet figure, which is a little more muscular. I mean, you're muscular everywhere in ballet, but mm -hmm. I wanted to keep up on the technique for ballet mostly. And I just decided to go back to that. Yeah. So that's, and then what was, what was the entirety of the question? So, but what, in your younger days kind yeah. of made you draw attention to the arts and, and want to be a, a dancer or an actor? What, what is, what was it that said, Hey, this is where I need to hang my hat. Yeah, my grandmother. That's always my answer. It's my grandmother. Uh, she was a dancer in New York back in like the 40s and the 50s. And she did musicals and um, like South Pacific and oh, you cool. know, okay. yeah, Kansas and all of that or um, Oklahoma, all the all those cool iconic ones. And um, she really was like kind of encouraged me. And then I just fell in love with it. And then I always had that bond with her. So yeah, with her. Okay. Well, if Kathleen were here today, she'd be freaking out because, oh my God, musicals and oh my God, Oklahoma and yeah. oh my God, South Pacific. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. one day so, she's not here. The one day. Haha. Oh, no. Haha, -ha, Kathleen. Oh, no. Ha -ha. I'll come back just for her. There you go. <laughs> she would actually love that. She'd be like, can we talk about nothing but musicals for the next 12 hours? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I would go, no, no, we will not. Anyway, but <laughs> it'll still happen anyway. Probably. It always it'll does. It always, it always happens. Okay. Well, that's cool. So yeah, you, you drew inspiration from your grandma and, and yeah, it's genetic. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
no, I, I can I can see that if you grow up around that and you're watching that and you're seeing that and there's mm-hmm. encouragement towards you know the the hey the this is a fun thing to do and this is a great thing to do yeah. I can see exactly why you get into it okay cool as Tim mentioned earlier we're all just a bunch of nerds as you can tell from my live long and prosper t-shirt uh, I wore this red shirt too just because so I, you're I noticed I noticed the the logo on the hat. Yeah, but w- with that in mind, let's uh, let's talk Picard, uh, yeah. which you were a part of. Yeah. So many people would jump at the chance to be even remotely connected to that show. Were you a fan prior to being cast as Kemi or did you kind of just get thrown into it and grow in the Star Trek universe? Um, Both. I wasn't a big Trekkie if you per se, or a huge fan, but I had a lot of respect and nostalgic appreciation for it because my father watched it all the time. The movies were always on and I'd sit and watch it with him. And uh, my grandmother really loved it. Um, The one that was the dancer. So it was on a lot. And then I did watch the newer ones that were, that came out and I really liked those. But when this opportunity came up, I decided to go back and watch as much of the old, old original stuff as I could just out of respect, right? I was like, well, if I'm going to be a part of this, I'm going to get into this and see what it's about and really make sure I know what I'm doing. And so I can, you know, like I said, respect it and appreciate it. And I really like it a lot. I really grew to be a fan of it now. So I'm all about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But at first, no, but now, yes. (laughs) Well, that's understandable. And, you know, especially if I, I do respect the fact that that you thought enough of what you were going to do to go back and do the research and go back and, and immerse yourself in the universe. And I think that's really big. And I think that if more actors would do that, you know, for upcoming roles, especially when there's such a large universe of information for them to draw from. Yeah. The internet, you know? man. Yeah, absolutely. It's all <laughs> right, out there for right people. There. To, yeah. That's all out there. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. You said, cause you said you went back and you watched a lot of the, the older uh, pre-run stuff. Do you have a favorite, you know, uh, series are you more of a original series you like the next generation deep space nine or i know i'm missing like 17 other variations i'm such an old school person anyways i like the original i like the stuff with shatner you know like some my one of my favorite tv shows is the monsters or like i dream of genie oh, sure. or mm-hmm. you know so i'm such an old school person that way yeah next generation i i do like it a lot because that watching the evolution of it you know, mm-hmm. that's definitely really cool. And that's where it was kind of became more of an inclusive, very progressive show, especially mm-hmm. for the time. Um, so I, I appreciate that a lot as well. But I, yeah, I like my, I like my Captain Kirk. I like, I like the old, <laughs> old the older nice. the better. Like. <laughs> that mm-hmm. answer is acceptable. Thank okay. you. Okay. That was horrible. But <laughs> Don't do that. I like Ben's like, why am I here? Just why? <laughs> why did I say yes to this? No, I had an uncle who used to make fun of me doing that all the time. <laughs> so that's why I have other baggage tagged onto that. You're welcome. So we absolutely love behind the scenes stories. Were there any stories that you enjoyed, like a behind the scene moment that we don't really get to see like just tell us about that sometime in your career it doesn't have to be picard it can be anywhere oh there's so many i'll do one on picard though because that's you know what we're mostly talking about so i was 
getting ready to go back into the nutcracker um because covid was you know had started ending and things were opening back up to perform and uh, I needed to get back in shape but we were filming at the end of August and I had to get back in shape to be in the studio at the beginning of September to start rehearsing like vigorously every day for this Nutcracker tour and I was out of shape but the long days on set and you know and then you're you're sitting there waiting they say you know hurry up and wait until it's your turn Mm -hmm. to shoot I was doing like ballet bars and stuff and exercises behind the cameras and then in the back and on the stage, like, and uh, it was Michelle, Michelle Heard was like, I'm like holding my leg up, you know, it's, <laughs> right. this is my foot, right? And she's just like, you're a dancer. And I was like, yeah. And at first I thought, was she mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, her, I guess her sister was a dancer too. And then eventually, uh, that led into I was I started talking to Patrick Stewart about ballet too. So that that's a fun behind the scenes. Me anywhere really on set, I'm usually doing ballet because I have to stay in shape. So there's all these photos that people have taken of me just doing like <laughs> like things. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. How'd that go with Patrick? Was he also a ballet dancer? He so he has a lot of appreciation for I I don't I don't know if he was or not. I feel like I should know that. He probably has taken some classes. Who hasn't, right? Um, and uh, he he told me that his earlier wife was a ballet dancer, and that he's like, oh, she's about my age now, and she still does ballet every day. I'm like, that's how it is. You don't stop doing it. Uh, we didn't even talk about you know the set, or I mean, we did it briefly, but mostly we just talked about ballet. It was kind of <laughs> nice, yeah. He seemed excited to talk about something else besides Star Trek for a moment, just for a right. little moment, but yeah. yeah. I get the impression from him that he's just extremely well-versed and he's willing to talk about just about anything. I mean, he loves, mm-hmm. clearly loves Shakespearean things. He, I mm-hmm. think he's a little more into the finer arts than people give him credit for because, oh, you know, they, they think of him, oh, he was Picard, you know, he was, yeah. you know, he was Professor X. So he did all these sci-fi yeah. and, and superhero things, but, you know, he's... You look at, and of course, you know, there's the original Dune. I think he's tried to forget that we all did. Um, but <laughs> I but know I, Kyle, you know, Kyle McLaughlin and I are from the same. Is that how you say his last name? We're from the same hometown. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so funny. I'm always trying to be like, I'm trying to get a hold of him to be like, let's, hey, let's hang out or something. Let's give some lunch. But yeah. no, <laughs> no, I'm not that cool yet. But well, if you, if you ever get that to happen, um, uh, just tell him that Tim from Funny Sci-Fi, who was also a big How I Met Your Mother fan, uh, okay. said thank you, my captain, and we'll go from there. Um, <laughs> he might get he might get the reference, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> but no, Picard. Yeah, Patrick Stewart being the finer finer things fan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, just everything I've seen, you know, other conversations I've seen him take part of, away from you know, in other interviews, he's. He has a very deep working knowledge of all things, you know, uh, uh, you know, of the finer arts, we shall say. I think it was uh, during COVID, he was reading like a sonnet a day or something like that on his Instagram, something along those lines, uh, just as, as something to pass the time and trying to help uh, other folks pass the time during during quarantine. So it's kind of a cool thing to do. That's so yeah, that's amazing. That is really cool. I, I watched a lot of old ballets that I could like the oldest recordings possible during COVID and was getting really back into that stuff yeah 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 
I like how everybody else did like something beneficial for everybody else. And I was like, Hey, more star Wars time. Okay. And that was, yeah. All right. But that's beneficial for you and what you're yeah. doing now. Yeah. Well, you know, we did start I, the podcast. I, I, mean... I called it research. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Research. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about sci-fi in general. We talked about, uh, you know, about your, your, how you got into Trek. But we're a sci-fi show that we also talk about superheroes and fantasy themed stuff, you know, like so Lord of the Rings and everything else. So outside of Star Trek, are there any other fandoms that kind of have your attention or fandoms that you would love to see yourself get a job in to be able to work in? Yes. So I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. Um, that's like, if, if we're going with like, you know, there's like the top five or whatever. You got like sure. Harry Potter. You got the Lord of the Rings. You've got Star Wars. You got Star Trek. You know, you got those. Mine, probably, what's the other one I can't think of? Uh, Stargate. Stargate is good. Is that a, do you think that's a top five? Could be. Stargate's great. Yeah, I used to watch it all the time when I was in high school. Um, Probably, probably Lord of the Rings. Would okay. Be one of my biggest ones. I'm a big uh, anime person. I don't know. Yeah, sci-fi, but sci-fi wise, an anime, um, Outlaw Star. Okay, there you go. That's a good one. Um, I'm really obsessed with. You Sailor just Moon. achieved like best person status in my book by saying <laughs> Outlaw Star. So good! It's I just rewatched it like a month ago, um, and then Sailor Moon. I'm a big Sailor Moon nerd. I have been since I was a kid. Yeah, I just put that on all the time. It's just like the background noise in my house. Ah, uh, comfort show. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, sci-fi. Ooh, I do love Star Wars. I really liked The Mandalorian a lot because it was like a it was like a Western but space. So what? Yes. I love Star Wars mm -hmm. as well, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I could keep going, really, but those ones. We have time. We're fine. No, just <laughs> we have time. That's no, I think those. I think someone really cares about like sci-fi stuff or like just nerd stuff in general, where they're like. Oh boy, o only my top five? Only? Do you, can I keep going? Like, that's how you can really tell. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> kind of getting into the little bit of the heavy stuff. Uh, you've dealt with some hardship in your life with things like mental health, mm -hmm. uh, only to rise to where you are now. What made you realize that you had to turn things around? And what did you tell yourself to keep going? Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Well, I don't think it was one specific moment because there were different times that I had hit different versions of rock bottom or, or different moments of being stuck between a rock and a hard and a hard place. Um, I think I've always just been ambitious that there's just so much that the world has to offer and I don't want to miss out on anything. So my FOMO did that a bit to me, but also my grandmother, she was, she was quite the rock for me. She was the one that saw me and encouraged me. You know, I came from a small town, very, you know, it's very like, you know, get married, have kids, settle down, you know, and which is great for a lot of people. And that's their dream. And I was always very artsy, didn't fit in very well. And she was always the one that was like, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to, you, you can go for your dreams. Um, so I, this is a complicated answer because there's so many different moments. I think it was just kind of when I realized everyone around me and the people I was spending time with or that I thought I felt seen by were very, uh, very 
broken or just partying very hard or that's all they wanted to do and that was just to pass the time and I was like man there's got to be way way more to this than this and uh I just kind of woke up one day you know it's it's this is true this is why they read it in the movies and tv shows I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I just did not like who I saw or how I felt and I just was like I'm pushing the reset button and so I did and I was like, I'm just going to go for my art and I'm not going to do anything else. And I just put my blinders on and I lost a lot of people in that process, but I really, really am glad that I did. And yeah, it wasn't easy, but. So, but I'm happy so I did it. yeah, two things from your answer there. Um, number one, your grandma sounds like an amazing person. She was um, phenomenal. She, she would have loved yeah. both of you, all three of you, just three of you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so as someone who didn't grow up with a grandma in their life, I think it's, I'm always jealous of people who had that strong connection with their grandmothers and are able to look at that. And so I think that's awesome. Um, but then also, I also want to give you credit because as someone who struggles with mental health and anxiety myself, um, I think it's always worthy of note when, when people are able to see that changes are need to be made, but instead of just sitting there they, they take the initiative and they get up and they, they do push that reset button. And they're just like you said, so uh, very cool that you were able to do that even better that you were able to stick with it and you're, and you're, you're doing well now. And so kudos to you for, for pushing forward. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's still even now moments that I'm just like, "Mm, you just, sometimes you just don't have it. Some days you just don't, some days your best is just, you don't really do much of anything, you know? Yeah, that still happens to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're still always going to have those down days and those what I like mm-hmm. to call the the in between days where you're you know the in between the good feeling and the bad feeling. It's just an eh day. It's the in between day, you know, where you don't know. Yeah, you, you you're not you're not sure which way to go and what to do, but you you just navigate that day and and you move forward. Um, you know, but a lot of guy a lot of people just don't know how to move forward past that. And so the fact that you're able to and able to realize that some people weren't going to be essential to that journey uh and you're okay with that and able to move forward without them i think is even that's that's really critical because there are some people who are just going to be the anchors in life yeah they're going to try and keep you where you're at and it's not easy to let go of those anchors it's kind of scary right because now all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're just like floating around you know and it also mourning the loss of those people they're still alive mourning the loss of those moments those memories those nights that i'll never have again that there were some good things about it that are sure you know nice memories but it's like you you have to be okay with always being willing to let go of anything that doesn't serve you always being willing to let go of something which is the hardest thing for all of us to do because once we get comfortable as humans it's our survival instinct to like i'm not gonna let go of this moment (laughs) right here but you have to just like I, I have it. I'm good. I, I could do this. Room. Yeah. Then I let go of it. I'm like, okay, now I, now I'm open to grab or receive something better for me. And always kind of living in that state is kind of scary. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. I look back and don't regret it, but it's, it's, yeah. it's still scary today, you know? Understood. Yeah. I understand. I understand that all too well. So very good. So we all have that little gem that we hold close to our hearts what is like a special project that you've worked on that many are not aware of that you hold close to your heart? Mine is my, my own projects that I've made. They're called dance mix. I made a, I made two of them so far. Um, the first one was like, can I do this? Yes, she can. Okay. And then the second one, I tried to make a little storyline with it and I made it through, I made it 
uh, right before COVID happened. And it was, it was really fun. And there was a little storyline to it. And then um, I made another dance and like, I want to make a series of these. And eventually I don't want to be the dancer in them anymore. I want to hire other dancers. So I'm working on the third one now. Um, but then one that's, that's super special that I love a lot is the social distancing video that I made over COVID. And that's like um, an ode to mental health. And it came out during mental health awareness month, which I believe is next month. And um, it was kind of like just a release of like what it feels like to just be stuck. Like people that have mental health issues and like, you know, their regular everyday schedule of like going to the post office every Tuesday or going to this one restaurant to talk to the same waitress every day, you know, and how that keeps them grounded. And then that's just taken away from these people. And now they have to stay home and have no contact. And like the amount of people that like the, the suicide rates and all that, that happened from it. So that's, that project is always going to be my little, you know, moment of, it just felt really good to make that. Um, and my dance mix series, even if nothing ever big comes of them, they're just, it's my little baby, <laughs> my right. projects, yeah. It's my own expression just for the sake of it, just for the sake of art. Where would people be able to see your dance mixes? Um, I think they're all on YouTube. Still. Yeah, I watch the social distancing one on YouTube. Yeah, those are all on YouTube. Um, I think they're also on my Instagram. I think they're on your um, website too, aren't they? I think uh, they might not be anymore. I think my website, well, no, my dance mixes will be on my website. I don't think my yeah, reels are anymore, but yeah, the dance mix uh, ones. Yeah. Cause website. I think that's how I got to it. I think it was on your website and I yeah. think it took me to YouTube. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a, uh, for those who are wondering, it's adelepomeranke.com. We'll make sure that's linked in our comments. So, all right. Uh, I also read somewhere that you're, you have a vinyl collection. You do. Yeah, some somewhere around <laughs> three hundred albums or so in your collection. Yeah. yeah, I do. Now, which which I think is awesome. I too am a vinyl collector. Okay. Uh, and so, but I only have about a third to probably about half of your collection, uh, give or take a few, because I I got out of it for a long time, and I've only been back collecting for about a year and a half, two years. Okay. Um, uh, so between that and Funko Pops, that's where my money's been going. Oh, I had no idea that you had well, those are all Funko Pops. Wow, I didn't know you were Funko Pop guy. Yeah, that's, that's all behind me. That's yeah, you never know. Could you who would, see that? Who could tell? Who would be able to tell? Um now we've had a couple other people on our show who were uh vinyl collectors like Silverstein, voice actor, uh another actor named Sam Whitwer. You know, nobody's ever heard of him though. Um, but uh uh but I'm curious, and I have I've asked these guys this too. Uh, what out of that collection is your favorite, you, the gem of your collection? Oh, God, that's such a difficult question. I know, and that's why I have to ask. Because <laughs> sometimes I close my eyes and just grab one and then put it on. Um, this is going to sound so silly. Um, well, one, I don't listen to at all because it's worth a lot. and I don't want to touch it and damage it anymore. And it's an original Janis Joplin. One of nice. them. And it's like falling apart slowly, but I don't want to touch it. But I think the one I like to listen to the most is my, my Herb Albert, the Tijuana Basket. <laughs> nice. It's Excellent. really good, like making breakfast burrito music or something, you know, just like breakfast tacos or something. I don't know. It's a vibe. Well, you know, you put it on or you put it on and 
drink a bottle of wine. No, I have to ask that because, I mean, I have some that I listen to with regularity. Mm -hmm. I have some that I listen to when I'm in this mood or that mood or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, like one of my favorites, I absolutely love, and it's a newer album, but I absolutely love the uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, the the awesome mix, volume one and two. The sound, yeah, no. Those soundtracks are amazing. That's such a good, yeah. I I put that randomly on my Amazon and just let it go through. Yeah. Because it's yeah, got such an, a, an eclectic uh, selection there. And it's a little bit of this and it's a little bit of that. And, um, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the songs transition into the right one next. I'm like, they absolutely. made the album first and then made the movie. That's Probably. what happened. <laughs> oh, the other one I like the most is, um, yes, Roundabout. Oh, good oh. album. Yeah. That's a good one. That's just like. So and uh, the gem of, of my collection, since I asked you about yours, I'll tell you mine. I want uh, to mine is mine is uh, an original 1967 release of the Beatles Sgt. Pepper uh, that I've that I, I've I found think I, have that. I think I have that but I don't know if it's the same year yeah I found mine at a estate sale Ooh, nice in perfect condition and it's still it, now the inside and inside the jacket they also had this sleeve that was that has the Sgt. Pepper cutouts like oh, you could no, cut them out and you could stand so cool. up but it still had them and they were intact nobody had cut them out or no damage to them and i got it for 50 cents hell yeah that's the kind of collecting i do if it you know now i go to goodwill and like yeah and find stuff like that like i found a original sunny and share that was great condition that's going home with me yeah that's how you that's how you actually collect but man that's a good one mine's torn up and i don't really yeah my wife heard me shriek I shrieked. She heard me shriek from across the the, the estate sale because I was like, ah! "Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good response." I would yeah. be worried about your mental health if you did not respond that way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was that, and there was that, and I think the other one that it's just because it's been so so difficult to find. I'm also a huge, uh, huge, huge Pearl Jam fan. Oh, very nice. So, um, that that's probably my favorite band. And I don't, enough, uh, I don't have enough rock and grunge rock and metal albums and stuff. I mean, besides like Kiss and Alice Cooper yeah. and stuff, that kind of stuff. But yeah, so the, the two that I couldn't find, one was uh, their album Vitology, oh, cool. and I also want No Code. Those two okay, albums, those are, v- yeah, those are two two very difficult albums to find. And then I found a uh, a second pressing, not the original pressing, but I found a second pressing of Vitology, and I could not buy that fast enough, um, because because it, it's always been at a ridiculous price, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not paying that for that. I want I don't it. Don't want to let go of that either. Once yeah. I have. Yeah. But the 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 second pressing, you know, uh, it was on 180 gram vinyl, so it's a little it's a little different than the original pressing, but it sounds so good. Yeah, I bought that really fast. Now, if I can only find that with no code, I would be a, Tim would be a happy boy. So on the topic of music, uh, okay. I, I was a bit of an emo kid in the early 2000s. Uh, and one of my go-tos was My Chemical Romance, which you were in a video for. I was. off a bunch of your ballet skills. I know I was, yeah. Which most people don't recognize me for anymore because I grew my natural hair back because I had black hair at the time. With the ballet skills and everything, 
do you market yourself as a ballet dancer that can act or are you an actor that knows ballet and are there any ballet disciplines that you've done or like have the skills with that have helped make other roles that you've done easier I love these questions they're like some of my favorites so it depends (laughs) on the role right I mean it like it depends on the role so sometimes I need to be more of an actor that has ballet skills the My Chemical Romance I was a ballet dancer in that entirely. There's no lines, you know, um, it's just dancing. I just studied the choreography, the choreography, the choreography that she did. <laughs> and, uh, and I just basically recreated the best I could. And I gave her a little evolution because the original Helena doesn't have, she's not in on full point. She's on Demi or ballet flats, if you will. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, evolve her a little bit I'm going to give her an upgrade you know a power up if you will and uh so ballet wise yeah it ballet has helped a lot on set for me too it's the continuity of it because choreography having to think quickly and then remember all the little tiny details of like where you're moving your body where you're going so I remember the first time I was on set on a music video um my first lead in a music video the DP was like, I love working with you already. You start with the same foot, stepping on the same spot and moving every other part of your body the same way every single time that we redo a take. Every time we, and it's, and that was really important. And so that, the little tiny finite details that ballet trains you to understand like the, where's your pinky at, everything, your eyeline, where your chin is and everything helps so much with continuity on set. And continuity is time and time is money. And everyone understands the language of money. (laughs) So (laughs) agreed. Does help with that a lot. Um, Yeah, it it helps with a lot. And the artistry, of course. So we have a Facebook group and it is over 200,000, 202, are we at? Yep, 202. And it is just filled with memes perfect just memes for days that's right that's all that social media should be for honestly yeah. in my personal opinion and it's literally called the funny science fiction page group. which yeah group or whatever and so it just exploded one day and we just have meme after meme after meme of okay. from star trek star wars all sorts of sci-fi memes so which two characters from your two favorite shows would you like to see become a team to save the universe? A team to save the universe. Yes. Oh, well, already we're Sailor Moon is there already. But who? And the Mandalorian. Hmm. I think I would watch that. I, yeah. I would immediately watch that. I would yep. pay money to have that show exist. Yeah, I had a screensaver on my phone for the longest time. That's a It was a picture of Pedro Pascal, and he's holding the, the Sailor Moon wand. <laughs> I know that picture. And, and people are it. like, they're like, is that your boyfriend? I'm like, well, thank you, doesn't, first off, but no. He doesn't know it yet, but yes. <laughs> He's everybody's but, yeah. boyfriend. I was like, is I was like, no, get out. Like that's nope. Pedro holding the Sailor Moon wand. I shrieked when I saw that photo. So and I still <laughs> I kind of want to print it off and frame it and hang it in my house, put it on my fridge. I don't know. <laughs> Just I understand blown that. up into one of the standees that's like real height. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. make it a t-shirt. I know it's a star hockey. Say, I know a guy. You know a guy. That guy, that guy's me. So, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, cool. I think that uh, judging by the reaction, especially of Ben, whose eyes about leapt out of his head, uh, I think other people might agree with you. So, yeah. all right, Adele, we've come to a point in the show where we like to take our guests through a little bit of a quiz. And so this is a Trek fact or fiction quiz. Ooh, great. Okay. So this is only four questions long. Okay. Okay. Now the first two questions are multiple choice. The last two questions are true and false. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. If you get three out of the four questions, correct. We want to send you this book, which is called custodians of the cosmos. It's written about something that's like Starfleet, but not Starfleet for litigious reasons. Um, and it contains the story of a young man who wanted to join the, this uh, imaginary uh, pseudo Starfleet, but couldn't. He washed out and rejoined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> if, however, you get less than three answers correct, if you only get two correct, we want to take your picture, make a meme out of you, and put you in our group. We call it our fun sequence. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's only fair. <laughs> I think I got the perfect meme. It's going to involve Pascal and the Sailor Moon. (laughs) Don't look, don't tell her, don't tell her that now she's going to bomb the quiz just because. Yeah, I know. I was just about to say, I'm like, well, now I want to fail because I want (laughs) to. Okay. But I also like books. So I like reading. All right. All right. right. And so just uh, as a show note here real quick, uh, I forgot to color alternate the questions. So Nick will ask questions one and three. Ben, please take two and four. All right, first question. The captain who comes before Kirk in the timeline, was it A, Janeway, B, Cisco, or C, Pike? This is horrible. I'm already going to fail this entire thing. I know it. Before Kirk? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pike. You Very are good. correct. Okay. <sighs> All right. Okay. Question number two. Uh, instead of the green tint it had, Spock's skin has to be what color? The options are blue, red, or purple. Actually, quite, um, Spock's skin was to be was to be what color? I may have mistyped that. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, to, oh okay. Like so, his, yeah. Originally, what color was his skin to be? It, it ended up being a green tint. What color yeah, should it originally have been? It's rather blue or purple. I'm trying to remember. I read it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it was purple. Nope. No. no. It is red. Or red? it was supposed no. to be red. Red? Really? Oh, my God. I'm yeah. so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> Good decision. Good decision to not weird. do that. That's so weird. All right. True this or false? Or whatever it's called. <laughs> it could be. Maybe. <laughs> okay, true or false? Go. True or false? There are more than 125 Star Trek video games. It's got to be true. You are correct. Correct. Video games are eternal and they're like numbers, they're infinite. I have played most of those games. <laughs> Ben's over here going, I've got this one, that one, this one, that one. Uh, one. (laughs) Hold on, I'm taking off my shoes. I got to keep counting. (laughs) All right. The final true or false. 
Spock's Vulcan salute is actually a Hebrew blessing. True or false? I feel like it, I think I've heard this before. It's true. You are correct. True. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, I don't remember um, what it was, but somebody we were talking about it one day. Yeah, I, I read where he had saw he was at Temple and, and saw yeah. people doing it his, you know, and uh, right. as a young man, and, and it just stuck with him. And he so he brought it to Star Trek. Yeah. So people are when they when they do the live long and prosper, they're actually giving mm -hmm. a, a Hebrew blessing uh, to everybody else. So, all right, but that's speaking, three correct, and that gets you the book. Speaking so, of uh, Spock, did you ever see the video with Leonard Nimoy doing the the Lord of the Rings uh, Bilbo Baggins song? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's such a weird yes. thing, but yes. I cannot fault him for wanting to do it. <laughs> we, just, we just fault the results. So... Well, Adele, right. thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're working on? Oh, you can follow me on social media, um, Instagram at Adele Marie Pomeranke, um, or I have my TikTok at Amp Pomeranke. I don't really know if you'll see what I'm doing there, but you'll see me being, you know how TikTok is. It's that's where I'm weird. Um, <laughs> or you can try and follow me on that. Twitter. If I ever figure out how Twitter works, I'm still trying. I don't know. I'm not cool enough for Twitter. I keep trying. <laughs> That's okay. I don't feel like I'm cool enough for TikTok, but you know, we're getting there. <laughs> well, thank you. We will make sure to get those put into our show description so our listeners can yeah. find you there. Yeah. Your many avenues of finding you. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Adele Pomeranke here today to have these great discussions and, and share these funny moments uh, for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It's the little button down at the bottom of the screen. Hit it just the one time, and that helps us out considerably. And make sure that you go down and check out and click on all those links and go check out and follow Adele on her work as well. She's, I'm sure, has some cool things coming up that you guys are not going to want to miss out on. And be sure to check her out on Star Trek Picard as well. But if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. And that is the band My Chemical Romance. Sure, they're not scary, not even intimidating in, in any of the least. But what they do possess is a very special set of skills. Skills that make podcasters like us very, very sad and not want to do anything. <laughs> Skills that make them very dangerous to a show like ours. So yeah, maybe, maybe not call them. No one wants that level of sad or depressing. I always found them happy. <laughs> that says something more about you than the band. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. <laughs> oh my god. I wasn't gonna say it, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks again, Adele. And yeah, I guess we're gonna you, go uh, get Nick some therapy. <laughs> well, there's the sound yeah. bite for next week. <laughs> go get Nick some therapy. <laughs> oh boy. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. This has been the funny science fiction podcast.
Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Roman number 82. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins Picard on an away mission, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her crew quarters.